0: cool hey look we are starting pure and we've already set that up so you guys know what it is we got a lot of stuff to cover so let's go ahead and just jump right in all right today we're talking about pure heart and uh, the word heart is mentioned in the Bible 836 times so I think if the Bible says anything a lot that we should probably take a look at it because I think it's important all right so we're gonna look at heart what that means but uh, have you ever have you ever done something and been surprised at what you did? Like you, you, you said something, you got really angry or whatever, you lashed out and you did something. And then after you did it, maybe like five minutes later or maybe a day later, you stepped back and, and you kind of had the whole, I didn't know that was in me type of conversation. Yeah? Just me. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Nah, You know, and you're like, I didn't know that I, I was capable of doing that. I didn't, you know. It's like, that's not me. That, that That's not me. That's not who I am. All right. I just want to, I want to apologize. And we, we kind of have this way of justifying things that we do in those moments. All right. And so, uh, you know, this right here that I'm holding is a bottle of water. All right. Pretty simple. Right. And this bottle of water, it's a container and it holds things in in it. I can put trash in it. I could put water in it. I could put dirt in it. I can put whatever I want in this. And this bottle is a lot like our heart. Our heart is a container, okay? So we fill it. As we go out through our daily lives, it gets filled with certain things. And you know, the only way to really know what's in this bottle sometimes is just to, to look inside and, and maybe for this bottle to get shook up, Right? And all of a sudden, we see what's inside the bottle come out. And what happens is our heart is a container. So we're filled up with stuff. And then all of a sudden, we get shook. And then we, you know, hit somebody in the face, right? Or we get, we get, we get shook up and we lie. And we get shook up and we, we do something we're not supposed to do. And then we want to backpedal and say, oh, no, that's not me. That's not me. But guess what? If something comes out of our heart, it is us. So let's be brutally honest today. Let's look at what comes out of us and what, what, what we do and what we are and say, you know what, maybe it is actually, maybe, maybe, maybe that is something that's in my heart today because guess what? It is. Whatever, whatever we do, it, it actually is inside of us and that's painful to know sometimes. It's painful to know because we think of our intentions and we're like, well, my intention was this, but we like to judge others on their their actions, but us, it's our, it's our intentions. Well, I intended something else. No, 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 you did something. And so let's be honest today. Y'all with me? you with me? Okay, okay, we're all honest today. So Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Another, illustri- another uh, translation says, out of your heart flows the issues of life. Basically, everything that we do comes from our heart. Another way of looking at it is that our heart is like a, it's like a little rudder. Okay? It's like a you know, you got a sailboat or whatever and you're going along and that little bitty rudder just kind of directs you. Your heart is kinda like that. All right. We also read in the Bible that our tongue is like that. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. But our heart really determines the course of our lives. Our decisions, what we say, all of these things comes out of this, out of our heart. And uh, I want to I read something out of First Samuel 16, 7. And what it is, is at this moment, uh, Samuel's about to go and he's trying to find a king. And so he goes to a guy named Jesse's house and he's got all these sons. And uh, so Samuel naturally, he he goes to the oldest, the best looking son, the strongest son. He's like, surely, God, this is the guy that you want to use. And uh, so this is what we're picking up. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of a stature. Thank Jesus for that for me, right? (laughs) Y'all knew it was coming. You felt it. You felt it. It was like, yeah, he's probably going to go there. And he did. So but it says, know the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And right there, all of us, right there, we're all laid open, laid bare. God looks at our heart. And so it doesn't matter right now in this place what you think that your reputation is before people, what you feel like your intentions are, all those things. Because at this moment, God is directly... In touch with your heart, nobody else's, and he knows what's really going on inside. We get professional at, at, at our our lives, our 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 Christianity. We know how to do church. We know how to act right in the right times but God knows what's going on on the inside. And that's that's what this verse really illustrates. And so the next verse that we're gonna read is really gonna set the stage for everything we're gonna talk about today is James 3, 13 through 16. Who is wise and understanding among, among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. You know, the number one killer in America is, is heart disease. We know that, right? And it's one of those things that a lot of times you don't know that you have until maybe it's too late or it really causes a lot of damage to your, to your heart and to your whole body, really. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at four diseases of the heart, because sometimes we don't know what's going on inside of us until we we look at the word of God and we really break it down and apply it directly to our heart. So today I'm going to ask you to do this. Don't think about anybody else in the room. OK, and some, that's hard. Don't think about your spouse, don't think about your buddy, think about you, think about your heart, and, and if any of these things are found in you, because that's what we're here to do today, to let the Holy Spirit search our hearts, examine us, and show us what's going on. So four diseases of the heart, we're going to take these, this thing, bitter, jealousy, and selfish ambition, and the first thing is bitterness. Bitterness is like whenever you hear that person's name that you're, you've had some history with, and and you feel that negativity come into play, right? You hear their name and, and all of a sudden you have all these situations that have happened before and they come up like, just like it happened yesterday. And you had that negative feel towards them. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. I like how it says root of bitterness. Uh, last year, I got some, some uh, cypress trees cut down in my yard. Okay, I had two of them in my front yard. I have a very small yard. It's about as wide as between these two little speakers right here. That's my front yard. And so, uh, so I've got these cypress trees growing and, and we've been married for about, uh, about nine, nine years or so. And so we got the house a little bit before that. And those trees, were, they weren't huge. But after nine years, eight years, they got, they got gigantic. And if you don't know anything about cypress trees, which I didn't until I had them in my yard, uh, they have these things called cypress knees. And these things, what they do is, I mean, it'll, if a tree's right here, it'll be by that wall over there. All of a sudden, this little nod knob thing comes out the ground. All of a sudden, you're cutting grass, and like, you know, what in the world? You know, it's a cypress knee, man. So we cut the tree down. Do you know that those things are still popping up here and there? They're still kind of coming to the surface. And it's been over a year now since we cut those things down. And God, I mean, the only way to get those cypress knees out is to get a shovel. And so you, you got like the knob right here, right? And you go back a little bit and you dig and you find where that, that, that root is and you take a hatchet or if you get a chainsaw, but it'll get caught up in the dirt. And you just hack that thing and then you pull. It is, it is hard. I did two of them, and I was like, forget about it. I'm just going to tear my lawnmower up, man. This thing is, you know. It's a root that, that continues to grow. And, and you know what? You can't see it. I got this nice-looking tree. It's really cool. And all of a sudden, my, my concrete starts coming up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And in our lives, we got this, we got this situation that happened. It happened. And then like three years later, our our foundation starts cracking and, and all of a sudden we're, you know, we're going along in life cutting grass and all of a sudden we blow up our lawnmower because we hit a cypress knee. And, and these roots, they, they, you can't always see them, but you feel them and they come up in the most inopportune times. And that's what it's saying here. Don't let any root of bitter, bitterness take root in your life because although it looks good at first, eventually it's going to come up. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like this. At the end of the scripture, it says, many become defiled by it. You know, one thing about bitterness is that it doesn't, it doesn't stay localized to us. Bitterness doesn't just affect us. It affects people around us. You know how it is that everybody's having a good conversation and all of a sudden that one negative person walks in the room and it changes the whole environment the person that had a bad day that morning you know what I'm saying they walk in it's kind of like the dude that walks into the, the the break room and you're chilling there eating your ham sandwich everything's cool also this dude walks up sits next to you and he just pops open this his sandwich container and it's a nice lukewarm tuna fish sandwich just sitting there you know what I'm saying and all of you that went oh you know exactly what I'm talking about look I went to school we didn't have a cafeteria so we bought our lunches a lot so the tuna fish story happened a lot you know what I'm saying But it just, it stinks up the whole room. And man, whenever we have bitterness in our life, it doesn't just affect us. Other people can smell it and other people experience it because it just comes out of us. Bitterness, that negative spirit. And so we want to make sure that this doesn't, it doesn't remain in us. Ephesians 4.31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. The only way to remove bitterness is through repentance and forgiveness. All right. So if you feel like you've got any bitterness in your heart, today's the day to start the process of, of, of rooting this stuff out, getting it out, getting this Cypress Needs out your life. The next thing, another disease is jealousy. You know, when that, that co-worker gets that promotion, your classmate makes the A and you know that they did not do as good as you, but the teacher really likes them, you know. And so they have something that you don't and you get jealous. We don't talk about jealousy too much, but it's it's. It really is operating in our culture probably more than a lot of things do because, man, we are so temporal-minded. We're so into what we have and what other people have, and we want what they have. It can go from from things, you know, dumb things like cars and and stuff in in hand, you know, money. But it can go into marriages and, and envying other people, being jealous of other people's spouses, really can't above the people's lifestyles and then you begin to look at your own and you look down on what you have but what you have is awesome if you weren't looking at what everybody else is doing you'd be able to be grateful for it you know but jealousy just has a way of just it gets in our lives proverbs 27 4 says wrath is cruel anger is overwhelming but who can stand before jealousy jealousy a lot of times is actually fueled by insecurity too you're insecure, you're, you're kinda like, you're looking at what you have, and you're like, man, I, don't, I really want that. And then, and then you, start, you start getting really, really jealous and wanting it really bad. The only solution to jealousy, though, is generosity. You know how sometimes if, if you're struggling with something, really the best thing to do is to actually do the complete opposite of it? If you're feeling jealousy in your heart, a really good thing to do would be to give something away. That really actually means something to you it might be time it might it might literally just be giving time away maybe giving 10 bucks here or there just just uh, you know how it is just test what's inside of you jealousy a lot of times jealousy can lead to this number three is selfishness selfishness is the attitude of being concerned with others' interest, with your own interest above the interests of others. It's more being inward focused versus being outward focused, which is completely opposite of what Jesus was. So if we look at Jesus, everything he did was for other people, but in our lives, man, how easy, maybe it's just easy for me, but how easy is it for you to just think about your own life? You get up out of your bed, you get up and you get yourself ready, you get into your car, you go to your job, you do all of your stuff, Monday through Friday whatever and then also it could be it could be a week before you've actually even thought about anything else it's just about my life it's my kids their practice my thing you know what i'm saying my my money everything's my, my my because that's the way that our culture has built our lives we're we're all inward focused it takes a lot of effort to, a lot of effort to, to be outward focused Philippians 2, 3, through 4 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So the solution to selfishness is sacrifice. So if you're feeling selfishness today, this week, just like jealousy, do the same thing. Test yourself. Sacrifice something it's kind of like abraham in the bible he was wanting a son so bad he was wanting a child so bad and he god finally gives him a child and after he has isaac god says something really weird to us that doesn't really connect well because it sounds so violent but he says i want you to go and sacrifice isaac i want you to go and take him up on a mountain and sacrifice him and i think the crazier thing is that abram said okay (laughs) I mean nowadays you're going to jail all right for even thinking that all right and but that's what he does he takes isaac he goes up and of course god ends up saving isaac's life and an angel comes and stops abraham but the the moral of that story is the fact that abraham even though it was his he wasn't being selfish he was willing to sacrifice everything for god god gave it to him god was his source so it wasn't his in, to begin with here's here's a great example This is how jealousy goes into selfishness and really greed is, I see something I want and I'm like, that would be cool to have. And then it grows into, I need that. And then it's, I want it and then I get it. So now I've got it and now I'm clenched fisted around that thing and it's mine. If we do that with things in our life, whenever God comes and says, I want you to do this, I want you to give that, we're clenched fisted and there's no room for that to happen. If God wants something sacrificial done through you, you're not willing to do it because you're selfish. And so then we can't hear the Holy Spirit. We're not responsive to that. And that could really apply to anything. It could apply to, to, to in being, you know, in church, serving in church. It could be serving on your job. It could be, this is my desk. This is my department. And that's how you live. And so in your work. It plays out in a negative way selfishness can go into into many different ways but I think as Christians we should live like Abraham did sacrificially willing to do whatever needs to be done whether it maybe costs us something or not so you have to take these things and filter them into your life and see how it applies to you but selfishness a lot of times goes into ambition another word for ambition that we can use is manipulation because a lot of times when you're ambitious, you manipulate the situation so that way you can get ahead. There's a story in the Bible, it's Jacob and Esau. And uh, Jacob, Jacob was a punk, okay? Jacob and his brother, they were, they were twins. And Jacob's whole quest in life, it seemed like, was just to get what Esau had. Esau had the blessing, Esau had the birthright, Esau had everything, he was the firstborn, and Jacob wanted it so bad that he lied, he connived, he did whatever he had to do to get it. But it was amazing that no matter what he did, he still wanted more. You know, you always see that, but he would manipulate situations. He used his mom to manipulate things, but he was like a master manipulator. And every day, we're not careful. We could do it in small things. We manipulate little situations, all right? Wives, you know how to manipulate your husbands, right? Yeah, mm. You know, I mean, you know what to do. And so, you know, if you really want something, you just, you turn on that little attitude or you do that thing. And we downplay that stuff in our culture. It's kind of it's weird. We downplay, but it's, it's manipulation. In school, you know, you know kids, you know, you know what you can get away with in, in, in class. You know what you can, you know that teacher, you know the way that she operates and you know how you can manipulate the situation so you can get ahead. And, but God hasn't called us to live like that to be greasy and slimy you know what I'm saying Salesmen, look not that you're greasy and slimy sales is a very difficult position because guess what it's all built upon seeing how you can manipulate the situation in order to make more money you have to be very careful that your integrity is strong and that you represent God in the way that he should be represented in those positions it's a fight so that, let's not overcomplicate over these, these, uh, these illustrations because they really apply to all of us and wherever we're at in our life, to a marriage, to a job, to raising kids, to being in school, all of these things. But all of these things are diseases of the heart. It's all sinful and we have to call it that, right? you with me on that? You, you have to actually identify it as something that is, is a disease in your heart. Let's not be people that accept things in our heart and just say, that's just who I am. That's just, man, that's just my struggle. Let's be relentless with these things. Whenever we know we have a disease, what do we do? We get medication. We go to the hospital. We, we start exercising. We start doing whatever we can in order to remedy the situation, right? So those are diseases of the heart. I want to give you some quick symptoms of an unhealthy heart, because in Luke six forty-five, check this. It says, "A good man brings good things out of the good stored." There was a lot of goods. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Oh man! <laughs> ah, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So we could really say our tongue is a vehicle for the motives of our heart. What's going on inside of me? Well, let's just look at what I'm saying. Let's just look at what is flowing out of me. I think that's a good place to start. What's some some symptoms of this? One thing would be bragging and boasting. Just everything's always about you. Everything's always about what you've accomplished. Y'all know those conversations you're trying to have with somebody and you're going back and forth and it's like you'll bring something to the, to the storyline of the conversation and then they have a way of taking that and turning it to being about them somehow so you're trying to have a conversation but yet somehow the conversation always ends up back on them and where they've been and what they've done that annoys me can I just be honest with you guys <laughs> like, I'd, I'd really like to have a reciprocating conversation here but it's just it's cool you're good man you have done a lot of things, that's cool. You know that's a way of bragging and boasting? It really is. So if, if you're having a conversation with me and you realize that, man, all we're doing is talking about, maybe, maybe, maybe no, I'm not talking about you right now, would not do that. But it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it kind of comes across weird. And really it could be a bragging and a boastful spirit, a boastful heart. Complaining, complaining says what I have isn't good enough. A lot of times it's tied in with that jealousy thing thing we were talking about. And complaining really comes from an ungrateful heart. Another thing is lying. Lying. Now, whenever we say lying, a lot of us think complete black and white, like telling the complete lie. But we all know what white lies are. We all know what manipulating the storyline to make us look a little bit better is. That is lying. That is being untruthful. When somebody comes and says one side of the story and then you come and you say another and, and both, you know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got storyline A, storyline B and they don't correlate, somebody's lying. But yet nobody says they're lying, you know? It's because it's just tilting facts here and there. It's lying. Another thing is gossiping. Can we just take like maybe like two minutes on this? Gossiping. Some people say, I'm not gossiping if it's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've said that a few times. Oh, it's true. I mean, no, 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 slandering is if it's not true, all right? You're slandering somebody. Gossiping is if it's true. Gossip is more about a motive of the heart. And, And we say something around here a lot, if you're not part of the problem or the solution, you really have nothing to say about it. And so that's a good gauge. If you're not a part of the problem or the solution, can you help what's going on with the person that's actually involved with the situation? And if you can't, there's really, there's really no need talking about it. There's no need dwelling on it. There's definitely, absolutely not one need of going and letting somebody else know about it. The old, hey man, I'm gonna tell you something, but you can't tell anybody, anybody else. You hear me? Anybody else. Yeah, let's move on from that. So (laughs) let's look at this. Let's look at four results of a pure heart because if, I mean, everybody in here, right? Don't we want a pure heart? You know, don't you, sometimes don't you think back to whenever you were like 10 years old, 12 years old, and you remember that innocent, that pure heart that you had where you didn't have any uh, ill will or ill motives or you weren't manipulating this. Well, you might've been manipulating the situation at 10 years old, just depends what it was. But you know what I'm saying? You had a pure approach to life. Don't you want that? Yes. I want that. I want that. So we have, to, we have to work towards that because not only do we want it, but you know that that's what God wants. God wants us to have a pure heart. It says this in Matthew 5.8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. Now that's the positive side of it. If you take all that and you you make it negative, God, God does not bless those whose hearts are impure and those whose hearts are impure won't see God. So this, the standard of what we're talking about just got a little bit higher because man, don't we all wanna see God? Even if things fall apart in this life, don't we wanna see God in the next life, right? In eternity. So this is a big deal. So let's look at some results of a pure heart. Number 1 is life. Life. Proverbs 4:23. We read this a while ago it said keep your heart with all vigilance. Remember, guard your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Another twist on this is just that where you go you bring life. Whenever you get home, do you bring life to your home? Whenever you go to your job, do you bring life to your job? We, we, we really pride ourselves here at Northwood of being what's, what we call a, a life-giving church. Meaning, if you come to this church and you sit in our services, man, and you're a part of what's going on, your life is going to improve, all right? Your life with God, you're going to, some people say they come here and when they leave, they feel like, they're, like they, can, they can go out another week and, and and do life you know what I'm saying and like actually actually feel like they have hope now what if we all went where we go and we brought the same thing where we went we brought hope to our family we brought hope to our jobs we brought hope to these places and we didn't just see ourselves as just okay here man I feel so good now I'm out here just getting beat up no you take what you get here and you be in you're encouraged and you go and you do do you bring life It's a result of a pure heart. Are we life-giving? Another thing is joy. Are you joyful? Are you happy? Do you smile ever? Some of you have not smiled one time today. Makes me nervous a little bit. (laughs) I don't like his shirt. Are you joyful? Proverbs 17, 22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine. You might have to start faking it for a little while you know we always say fake it till you make it but how about fake it till you become it right sometimes it's like you you see that negative side i'm gonna i'm gonna speak life i'm i am i am really trying and i feel like i'm doing better people that are around me know me better but i'm I'm trying really hard to be positive man the negative is always going to be there the negative side of your marriage and your kids and your job and and whatever you're facing it's always going to be there So you can either just berate on the negative and just talk about it all the time or you could choose to be positive and say, man, you know what? God's in control. Something happens in your mind and your heart whenever you you take that approach. So it's not just a bunch of psychobabble. It's in the word of God. (laughs) God's like, I'm telling you, your life will be a lot better if you think this way and trust in me. So another thing is wisdom. Now, earlier we, we talked about we, we read wisdom in, uh, let me go back and read that real quick. It was in uh, uh, James. It said, uh, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So we see that there's, mo- there's different kinds of wisdom. All right, there, there's spiritual wisdom right here, the way that God operates, God's economy. And then there's the way that this world operates. There's worldly wisdom, street smart, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? I, you know how to manip- manipulate situations. I know how to get ahead in this, this world. That's... Actually, it says demonic, demonic wisdom. We want spiritual wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We want the wisdom that comes from God's mouth, not this world's mouth. All right. And for some of us, guess what? We have to be reprogrammed because we think that we're really wise, but we're wise with the wrong wisdom. A pure heart has godly wisdom, has spiritual wisdom. The last thing, the last result of a pure heart is love. Luke 10, 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. A pure heart is a heart that loves God and loves people. Loves God and loves people. Loving people sometimes is very difficult, right? It's very difficult, but God actually puts it in the same category as loving him. So we have to realize that standard. And we, I think it's a good telltale sign of where we're at. Is there love that comes out of my heart? Is there love for people? Or is there compassion? Whenever I see people in pain, is there something that wells up that, that wants to help or wants to do something? Or is it just like, well, they made a bunch of bad choices, so it's their fault. Reap what you sow. you know. <laughs> I never heard Jesus say that, in that way, never. But man, we have a good way of doing that all the time. Because we're saved and we're sanctified. You know what I'm saying? We're living right. Yes, I mean We laugh about it, and it's like, doesn't that sound so nasty and spiritually prideful? But man, can I be honest, I've, I've been there. And every now and then, it's still kind of like, it shows itself, I'm like, what is that? I mean, the last week, what's been going on in our nation, you know, it's, it's really easy to point fingers and get really angry at certain types, you know, certain people where they're at in life, but, but we really don't know where they've been. We really don't know what's been going on for the last 15, 20, some 30, 35 years. And so we have to have a heart of compassion and pray and ask God to do something. Because you know what, we, we can't really do that much here, but we can pray and we can represent well here where we live and show what what Christians actually are about we love God we love people and we want to see what's best for them so wrapping this thing up how do we work towards a pure heart because we got we have to get some some steps to take to get to, towards a pure heart some of us in this room right now we're like man I I really failed all of these tests <laughs> you know how do I fix this man this is bad news you know we're actually depressed psalm fifty-one, ten says create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me good news is that god creates in us a, a, a clean heart now we co-labor with him but 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 god has a large part to play with what's about to happen how do we work towards a pure heart number one ask the holy spirit to examine your heart through prayer you got to sit down you got to pray you got to think god where am i at and lay yourself before god with humility Holy Spirit, examine me and show those areas. Let them just stand up in my life like a monument, like this is what you need to work on. And then number two, respond to the Holy Spirit through repentance. Repent. And number three is maintain your new heart through reading the word, praying, and worship. Do you guys realize kind of every week where this thing usually goes? Repentance, prayer, worship, forgiveness, read the Bible, prayer, repentance. It's a cycle. And it's, it's, a, it's a cycle that you must have operating in your life this thing of repenting forgiving asking God again to to show you things it's a cycle and it never actually stops you never get done worshiping you never get done praying you never get done seeking God you never get to a place where okay I've I've arrived we're always seeking God and as this happens It's like that bottle of water down there. If it was filled with with dirt and mud and, and trash, really, if I just start pouring clean water in it, eventually the dirty stuff is gonna get flushed out and then you won't ever know what was in there before. And many of our hearts, it's that container and it might be filled with a bunch of junk right now. But you know what? If we start filling it with the things of God, if we start guarding our heart properly, like the scripture said, guard your heart, keep it with all vigilance. If we start doing that, I'm telling you, you look back in a year and you'll be like, man, the way that I thought, the way that I reacted, all these things, it's just, it's, it's not there. That bitterness that I had, it's just, it's not there. I'm not angry at that person. I just don't even feel it anymore. Even when I think about the situation, it's because your heart's pure and that's the goal, man. Can I pray for you guys? Yeah, Father, we come before you right now, and and Lord, we just pray, God, we pray for everybody in this room, all of us, God, because we're all somewhere in this situation, Father. God, we know that until we see you, God, we're not gonna be completely pure, completely restored, and so, Father, we know that there's parts in us right now that we need help with, and so, God, I'm asking that in all of our hearts, all of our lives right now, that you would, God, would you bring to our attention, bring into focus those things that are in us that are not of you. Holy Spirit, examine us. Come on, right now, if you see those things and you know exactly what it is, just right now, just say, God, I bring it before you, I repent. God, would you forgive me for that? Would you forgive me for the way I've been talking, for the way I've been thinking? God, I've been lying, I've been, I've been manipulating. God, I've had bitterness against that person. Come on, just repent, just, it's easy. It's just, you open yourself up before God. Search my heart, God, create in me a clean heart. It's what I want. Some of you in this room right now, I just wanna talk to you because you know what? You've never actually met God. You've never actually uh, surrendered your heart to him. You've never been saved. You've come to church a lot. You've done the whole religious thing. You play church well, but you know that your your heart's not right with God and and it's really just an, an act. And so you know that God sees your heart. He knows what's really in there. And today you just feel that conviction. You feel that tension inside It says, man, I'm I'm just, I'm off. My heart's not pure at all. My heart's not soft. The Bible in Ezekiel 36 says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. This is what God will do. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot start this process on your own. You cannot cleanse yourself of your sin. You cannot cleanse yourself in your own effort. You need God to fix you and to help you begin to grow. So this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm not, ask you, I'm not gonna ask you to come up to the front or you know, have everybody look at you or anything like that. But sometimes we need to do something outwardly that shows something inwardly. And so today, this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and say, I need God. Come on, right now. Got one, two, three, four. Another one. Who else? You say, I need God. Another one right here in the middle. I've really been trying hard, but my heart's not pure. My efforts are falling short. Is there anybody else in here? You need Jesus. Another one right back here in the back. Another one over here. Another one right here. The one back here. It's great. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna pray. I'm I'm gonna say a prayer and I want you to agree with everything I say, mean it, and God's gonna change out your stony stubborn heart for a responsive heart and you're gonna see life in a new way. So right now, God, we just, Lord, we come before you and God, Right now, I just say that I need you. I surrender my heart before you, God. I've tried it on my own and Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm left empty. I'm in this race and I, just, I feel like I'm just stumbling and God, I need you. So right now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe in Jesus, I believe in the cross and I thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary to pay a price that I could not pay And right now, I receive that, and I thank you for it. Forgive me, wipe me clean. God, let me live a victorious life with hope, where I can go out and give life and give hope to other people, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for those who gave their life to God? Yeah.
1: The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God so we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv connect and fill out the information, our lead pastor Van Decody, wants to send you a letter that tells you some steps to take in order to maintain your new relationship with God. We'll also give you some information about Northwood Church. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and Long Beach. If you live in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv locations, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give. You can give a one-time donation, or you can sign up for our online community called MyNC and set up a recurring gift. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.